welcome to the Compile Swift podcast, a podcast dedicated to talking about development with Apple tools for the Apple platforms. Those include macOS and iOS. Of course, there's also tvOS, watchOS, and anything else they've invented this week. So with that, let's get on with the show. Today was the first day of WWDC 2019, so we have the keynote that we've learned a lot from. Of course, the keynote is always a quick, more of a presentation for the marketing aspect, and then in future episodes, we'll dive into some of the sessions as they become available. But just to give you a quick overview of some of the things announced, uh, WatchOS 6, we'll be seeing some new watch faces. There will be some taptic hourly chimes, which I think will probably get irritating really quickly. Uh, it sounds nice at first, but every hour with some of those chimes going off, they're a little bit long, so we'll see. Uh, there's new apps from Apple. There on the watch, there'll be a voice memo app, which will be very welcome. You now get their audiobooks app on watchOS 6, a uh, useful calculator, and so you can calculate tips, for example. So actually, the calculator is quite useful. A lot of jokes going around, of course, that Casio had this at a hardware level back in, I believe it was the 80s. There's also some new APIs so that uh, independent apps will no longer be needed for creation of watch apps. So, for example, at the moment, you have to create an iPhone app, and then that watch is essentially an extension of that app. That's no longer a case. You'll be able to have dedicated uh, watch apps. So that's uh, an interesting move there because I think it points towards further separation in the future between the iPhone and the watch. There will also be new audio streaming APIs, which I think is going to make a lot of people happy. And you will also be getting the App Store on the Apple Watch now. So that's watchOS 6. Moving on to iOS 13, there's a couple of surprises in here and a couple of non-surprises. But let's go through the stats. So Apple is saying that Face ID will be 30% faster at recognizing your face. So hopefully that's going to include unlocking apps and devices a lot quicker. Uh, Apple also says that 50% smaller app download sizes and 60% smaller app update downloads. Now, all of this, of course, is nice because it also means that the the booting speed, the, the launch speed of apps should be significantly quicker as well. Uh, one non-surprise here for everybody at this point, I think, is dark mode is now official on iOS 13, and it looks very nice indeed especially if you've got one of the phones that takes advantage of those, you know, nice OLED displays so that those nice rich blacks really are black with those pixels turned off. Be interesting to see what effect that has on battery life. Uh, We're also finally getting swipe mode on keyboard and I can hear all the Android folks out there saying, yeah, we've had that for just about forever. And yeah, I don't know why it took so long for Apple to do it. We've all been using third-party apps like the Google Keyboard or I've been using the swipe, you know, so finally it's built in. So that's going to be nice. Uh, The Reminders app gets a big overhaul to be more like a a to-do application. Um, We'll see how, what that's like as far as, you know, getting in depth with that. It it may be purely cosmetic. We'll we'll have to wait and see. Uh, I'm not going to be installing these early betas, so I can't report back on that yet. The new Maps app has a ton more detail, and I mean a ton. Apple's been working really hard to you know, incorporate their data set and improve their data set, and it's looking very nice with buildings and everything else included now. And there's also kind of a, I hate to use Google here, but it's more like a Google Street View. But of course, it's done Apple way, so the animations are a little smoother, and it's a 
It's a little nicer. Uh, there's a new thing that they're doing called sign in with Apple. So, you know, we've all seen these buttons where it's like sign in with social network X, be it Facebook, Google, whatever. Well, Twitter, you know, all those kind of things. Well, now, of course, Apple's getting in on the game and they've got one. I think the difference with the Apple one, though, is, you know, Apple's big on privacy, as we all know. And, you know, a lot of this stuff, they now say, you know, they always say it's on the device. So we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, it's another another player in the game. We'll, we'll see how it plays out over time. Memojis get a, a nice set of features. Not only can you, you know, a huge set of cosmetic editing that you can do now, but when you create your Memoji, Apple's also going to create a sticker pack for you automatically, and that will be, you know, useful for those in the messaging app, something like that. Along with that, there's a massive new set of photo editing tools and new sets of filters, but perhaps the most important part here, takeaway, is all that editing tools that you have for photos are now available for video, and that's a very welcome feature, and I think that'll make a lot of people happy. And you can also have the ability to use separate iCloud accounts on the same device. It's kind of interesting and kind of weird. Got to see the details in a session on that because, you know, iOS 13, it's not a multi-user platform and certainly not on the device level. But now we have these multiple iCloud accounts. So, you know, Apple is using an example that you can separate and have your personal iCloud account and your business one. So we'll have to see how that works out. Moving on to, you know, iOS related, but there's a new OS now because apparently we don't have enough. But this one actually makes a lot of sense. I was surprised, but maybe not that surprised for Apple going forward. It makes a lot of, uh, it frees them up to do a lot of things. So for the iPad, we now have one called iPad OS. And I think arguably this was the bigger deal because... The iPads needed a lot of love, right? It's always suffered from this problem of, of being just a phenomenally fantastic hardware device, but it's in some ways crippled by iOS. And I think Apple's now finally acknowledged that by splitting it out into a separate iPad OS where they can really go to town with the hardware and the features. So talking about those features, we can now have some of the widgets appearing on the home screen. And the best way to describe it is you sort of swipe from the left and you know you can have the widgets appear on the screen and it sort of shrinks to the right your your home screen icons it sounds kind of weird but it's actually not a bad implementation from what i've seen um, so that's going to be interesting no changes though i have to point out yet again to the home screen itself as far as icon sizing positions and all those kind of things and and perhaps more importantly quantity split view now comes to apps across the board and this is useful so you know we've seen it previously in previous versions where safari you could have multiple tabs split into you know two separate views next to each other kind of like the multitasking but you know with the same app well now you can do it with multiple apps right you know they used an example of putting two uh, microsoft word documents next to each other but it should work across the board that's actually something that's been a bit of a pain for me so i'm very happy to see that Interestingly, and maybe this points more to the future, the Files app got a lot of love in this release. Not only can the Files app now access SMB resources, which is like a network uh, attached storage kind of thing. It's the best way to describe it for those that don't know. Um, it's kind of like FTP and all those kind of things. You, you access folders over you know, a network. That's what SMB is. But you can also access, finally, thumb drives and USB devices. 
this is huge for photographers and video editors, right? Because now, you know, we've always had this problem where you either have to pay through the nose for a massive amount of storage in your iPad, whereas now you can just attach these external drives and do it that way. So for video editing and offloading and archiving, that that's just perfect. And I'm really happy to see that. Safari got some love as well. It's now um, a desktop class browsing, as they call it. But what, basically what that means is when you go to a website, you may not have realized it, but a lot of the time on an iPad, you're being served the mobile version. Well, now by default, you'll be served the desktop version. So for us web developers that's and you know web apps, that's great. Uh, moving on, Safari also has a download manager, which kind of goes hand in hand with the Files app. I think the Files app is clearly going to be a big thing going forward uh, that's you know essentially the finder on ios right or i should say apple's ipad os now the selection tool also gets some love that irritating little you know uh, pop-up sort of enlargement spyglass that you see you won't be getting that anymore and there's some new gestures because apple loves its gestures so just when we thought we'd learned all the old ones we now have to learn some new ones, but I think it's going to work out okay. And, you know, more and more I use the pencil, and I, th I think that we'll see some more stuff moving in that direction in the future. You know, uh, one quick example is you can now do a three-finger pinch and three-finger, you know, the sort of the expand to do a copy and paste. There's also a three-finger swipe for undo. That's nice, so you don't have to shake the iPad anymore. Latency on the new pens is down from 20 milliseconds down to 9 milliseconds, so that's very fast and very nice. Apple's also made available a Pencil Kit API so that people can now start incorporating the pencil in their applications more. There's this interesting little compact keyboard that you can sort of, you, you pinch on the keyboard and instead of having that full screen one across the bottom, you can make a little small one that floats around. So you can have kind of a one-handed approach to typing with the keyboard. Be interesting to see how that works out with the swipe that they've put in there. So that is iPad OS, and I think that you know going forward, this is the one that probably will see a lot of love over the next couple of years. Moving on to the Mac, Mac OS. Yep, there's a new version called Catalina, and you know again, no surprise here. We'd all heard that iTunes is finally dying. The app. So iTunes is now being called Apple Music and will be solely dealing with the music aspect. Apple has split out the podcast into the Apple Podcasts app, which is great for us podcasters. And I'm really hoping they've fixed a lot of the sync problems in there because that's the thing that's always turned me off in the past is the syncing was just a nightmare. So if they've fixed that, I'll go back to it. That's good. There's also the Apple TV app on macOS now. I think that that was inevitable and probably a good move. There's also this new thing that we'd heard about before, especially in the developer community, called Sidecar. And what this is, it essentially is like a lot of those third-party apps and some of the hardware devices that you've seen. It lets you use your iPad as a second display for the Mac. And it's nice to see that built in. Be interesting to see if Apple's implementation is speedier than some of the other solutions out there. Either way, it's good news for me because I like to use my iPad as a second screen when I'm on the move. So that's good, especially the larger iPad Pro. You know, the biggest one is the one I have, and it truly does act as a double screen. There's this uh, thing called Catalyst, and really the best way to describe Catalyst is something that's inherently built into the new Xcode 11, which we'll cover in a future episode. 
but it allows you to work with iPad apps in Xcode. And we'll we'll dive into that some more, like I say, once we've got some information on the sessions. So that's the Mac. It doesn't sound like an awful lot, but, I, you know, there's bound to be a lot of under-the-hood things there. Uh, augmented reality, of course, we got a new version of the kit, and there's actually some really, really good stuff that people have been asking for in there. Uh, we'll go into it more in the future, but there's the reality kit. There's the reality composer, which is a tool that runs on your Mac and on your iPad, for example, where you can actually compose you know, the augmented reality scenes with the contents in real time. That's that's nice. And all of that's wrapped into the new AR Kit 3. And then finally, you know, moving on to Swift, and just to cover Swift briefly here, because we'll go into deep sort of dive with the sessions later on when they become available. But Swift is now, Apple is saying 450,000 apps on the app store is using Swift. So that's a nice adoption rate there. But perhaps the biggest news for Swift, and certainly got the biggest round of applause, was this new Swift UI is what they're calling it. And it sort of ties in a little bit with some of the things that we've heard, but it's basically a new way to build interfaces that just naturally works across across platforms. So Swift UI is going to be a big thing going forward, I'm sure. And as we've heard about you know technologies like Marzipan and everything else in the future, I think that this is the way, you know, Apple's moving. They gave a couple of demonstrations where basically you could replace a whole ton of, you know, code in your view controller, uh, just creating simple lists and everything else. And it's now just a few lines. It's a very declarative language. Um, a lot more on that in the future as the sessions become available. But that's basically the rundown from the software perspective there. There was also new hardware, which I'm, I'm not going to go into too much at the moment, but they did finally announce the new Mac Pros. And it's kind of funny and kind of interesting because, you know, Apple basically did acknowledge their mistake with the MacBook Pro trash can, as it's called. And they've gone back to a more sort of G5 looking design, which I always liked. But in a, you know, very typical Apple updated way. Personally, I don't like the new designs with the grates and the grills. They look like huge cheese grinders, graters to me, is the only way I can describe them. And, you know, I, I almost fell out of my chair laughing when Apple announced that, you know, I guess these machines are big and heavy because there's even the option available to have a little tray with wheels that goes under these new Mac Pros. So you can sort of drag them around the office. And I'm sure there's going to be a ton of memes on the internet about that. But these new Mac Pros, I mean, massive powerhouses, as you can well imagine. Just truly stunning performance, like 28 cores, and uh, I think it was over a terabyte of memory in that. The, the only downside, they had some 6K screens, I believe, as well. Um, but the, the downside with these Pros is they're so expensive. And realistically, you've got to be a huge studio to be able to afford one of these things. And I think that's probably what they're aiming them at because of this high-end, you know, there's some GPUs, GPUs and a lot of things like that. They were boasting about how many 8K streams they can play and all these kind of things. They're, they're so expensive that it's just not realistic for most of us. So anyway, that's the, the rundown from the keynote in this episode. And with that, I think we'll wrap up this first episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm certainly looking forward to talking a lot more about all this stuff in the future. Uh, you can check out a lot of my blog posts and everything else over at peterwidham.com. 
You can also go to compileswift.com, which right now will take you to the same place. You can also follow me on Twitter at compileswift, one word. If you like what you hear here, please be sure to like and subscribe. The various feeds are still filtering through a lot of the podcast uh, you know, listings. But right now you can find this either at peterwidham.com and look for the podcasts or you can go to anchor.fm as anchor.fm forward slash compile swift. And with that, I will talk to you next time.